0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello, I'm Ian Doyle and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast in association with 45, the new score prediction game from the Pools. Simply predict five correct match scores and you could win £25,000. To play 45 this weekend, visit thepools.com and don't forget you need to be in the UK and over the age of 18 to play. I am joined today by several people who are over the age of 18, uh, one of them is Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm very good. Oh, thank you. Uh, also with me is Theo Squires. Hi, Theo. Hi, Ian. How are you, Theo? Good, how are you? I'm fine. Joe didn't ask me. That's the kind don't of person care. he is. He doesn't he no, He's not I bothered. And really also pleased to announce that while he is not here in person, he is very much here in spirit and in voice. It's James Pearce, our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away. He is currently away from the office, but he's certainly working. Hi, Jay.
2: Hello, Ian. How are you?
1: I'm fine. Thank you again for asking. There's only Joe who didn't ask now. I still don't care. (laughs) Now, you have, James, you are back from Paris. You watched Liverpool play in the Champions League last night and you saw Liverpool lose another away game in the Champions League. It's the first time they've ever lost all three away games in a European group. What was your take on
2: it? Um, Well, in the end, they paid the price for a a painfully slow start. I think you know Klopp had spoken in the build-up about how Liverpool needed to be aggressive and, and try and impose themselves on the, on the game early on. But you know, unfortunately that just didn't happen. They were, they were far too passive. They allowed PSG to, to, to get on top of them. Um, you know, I think the, the big thing when Liverpool dominated big chunks of the game against PSG at Anford in September was, you know, not having respect for big reputations by getting in their faces and unsettling them and forcing mistakes. And, they just didn't do that um last night it was far too easy for psg and um you know, and with the, the talent they got going forward Liverpool were, were cut to shreds I mean but for but for some couple of fine saves from Alison Becker it it could have been worse than than two nil and then you know then Liverpool get the foothold in the game with the the penalty and then Milner obviously tucks that away and then second half Liverpool were much better I think PSG were, were there for the taking at times. They did look vulnerable, but Liverpool's decision-making let them down. Um, and in, yeah, in the end, that revival was, was well and truly in vain. And it, in the end, Liverpool have paid the price for, for just not starting the game well enough.
1: I mean, for all the talk of you know Liverpool, be, people criticising their performance, is it easy to forget that PSG are actually quite good?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, don't, yeah. I mean, that was some of the interplay between... Neymar and Mbappe was just ridiculously good last night, wasn't it? You know, it was only the second time I've seen Mbappe play in the the flesh, and he, he is an unbelievable talent. I and mean, you think he's still only nineteen years of age, and he's just got absolutely everything you'd, you'd want in a, in a in a in a striker, really. Um, and you know, he, obviously Neymar, I'm sure, we will talk about the, uh, the theatrics and the play acting, and um, which was all very unsavoury, but. Um, you we know, can't overlook the fact that he's a, a ridiculously gifted player as well and then when you've got De Maria and Cavani thrown into the mix it's um it you know they they they're, they're, they're going to cause any team uh, anywhere problems so it wasn't there's no disgrace in in that defeat it was certainly not a performance anywhere near on the same level as what Liverpool served up in either Belgrade or Naples it was just it was just frustrating that that Liverpool made life far too easy for PSG in that opening 25, 30
1: minutes. We'll come back to you in a minute and talk about some reasons as to why Liverpool didn't start particularly well and why they struggled. But I'll ask Joe. I mean, Joe, what was your take on it all?
0: I think you hit the nail on the head before when you said... That, I think we all are guilty of getting that PSG are a pretty good team. and I think they just turned the tables on Liverpool a little bit. James was right when he said that they came out the traps quicker. They were... Pressed Liverpool, they were aggressive and they, they did to Liverpool what Liverpool did to them at Anfield and I think sometimes you need a little bit of luck to get through that early stage of the game the, the first goal initially it looked like Liverpool had defended it and then they didn't quite set themselves again and, and they get that goal so I... I have to say, I went on, I shouldn't do it to myself, but I went on Twitter <laughs> last night after the game and you, you read <laughs> some never, of the... Never, never yeah, do that, you never do go to to do to do
1: before, during or after a game.
0: And I, I was scrolling through it and the reaction was like, you would have thought, I've said this a few times today, you'd have thought Liverpool had been beaten by QPR and not PSG. It was, they're <laughs> they're, they're a very good team and, and yet Liverpool struggled early on, but I actually thought they imposed themselves quite well on the game and in the second half controlled it. And But for some really good defending from whatever you think of them, um, in terms of the play acting and whatnot, but Marquinhos and Thiago Silva, mm. they're two excellent players and they defended really well and, and kept Liverpool quiet. So yeah, there were some performances, which I'm sure we'll come to, that, that are probably a worry, but I don't, I think too much is being made of this. To me, this Champions League group, they got themselves in trouble in Italy and um, in Belgrade and not not last night. Last night was more of a free hit, which, you know, didn't quite go their way, but... PSG, are a great side, and there's no shame in being beaten in Paris. I mean, Theo, all these
1: fans who were saying, "Oh, I can't wait, What a great draw it is! We can take on PSG and Napoli and and, and Red Star." Did that looking a little bit silly? Because for the you know the the older, more cynical people, such as myself, just saw that and went, "That's going to be tough." And it's it's proven exactly as tough as it was going to be. But I think as the, as the other lads have said, playing PSG away, that was the most difficult game they could play in the group, and Liverpool could easily have got something out of it.
3: Yeah, and at the start of the group when it was drawn, you'd have said PSG is the one you're probably going to lose. And it's a joke really that out of the three away games, that's probably the one that Liverpool played best in. Um, I think Red Star have have surprised all the teams in the group so far, that they drew with Napoli. And they're not as bad as you expected going into it. It's a hard place to go. And Napoli are not the team that Liverpool beat 5-0 in pre-season. It's always going to be a hard place to go, a hard team to play. That's why they're challenging at the top of Serie A. That's why PSG are dominating the French League's. Um, it was always going to be these three teams pushing for qualification, and uh, the way the fixtures have gone, gone that's how we're going to see who's first, who's second, who's third all the way along. And this is probably a good position for Liverpool to be in because they know what they need to do going into that Apple League game. Uh, the PSG game made no difference to that whatsoever in hindsight. So. Let's see what they can we, do. We,
1: we disappointed with the performance though from Liverpool last night.
3: First half, yes. Second half, not so much, just because what we'd seen in the previous two away games. So it was an improvement. And yes, it wasn't perfect, but you've still got those mitigating circumstances with players coming back from injury, players still trying to find a bit of form. It was a change of system as well. We've been seeing Liverpool do well with the 4 3 one This was back to the four-three-three, And it hasn't quite clicked at times. So it needs to in two weeks' time.
1: I mean, James, we mentioned then the, the formation. You know, Jurgen Klopp did go back to four-three-three. 3 3. Must admit, I thought he might stick with the four-two-three-one, even if that didn't even mean playing um, Shakiri. And in some sense, where Milner went over to the right, there almost was a kind of a 4 2 3 one, wasn't it? I mean, but the midfield was the one area, wasn't it, Jay, that it didn't quite go to plan. And this isn't the first time this has happened this season.
2: Yeah, I think, t- to be honest, with, you know, it's easy to be wise after the event. I think. I must admit, I, the, he, he picked the team that I, I would have picked. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't have any issues at all with the the eleven that he went with. I think I, th- I think it made sense. I I, th- I think four two three one would have been it, w- it would have been far too open against a, a team as as gifted as as PSG. Um, you know, I, I think he you know li- people people obviously pounce on the fact that the Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner trio. Um, you know, aren't dynamic enough. They're too samey. They're, you know, they're workhorses, if you like. But you know, Liverpool have won a lot of big games with those three out there. You know, that's essentially the midfield that got Liverpool to the Champions League final. So, you know, it does annoy me a bit when you see there's a bit of rewriting of history going on. That you know, Liverpool have never played well with those three out there. And for, for a start, that was the three that started the 3-2 win over PSG uh, back in September. So it wasn't so much the system that was wrong for me, all the personnel, it was just the personnel out there didn't play well enough. I thought, you know, as a unit, the midfield didn't function properly. They they stood off uh, and allowed uh, PSG to take control. I thought, you know, Verratti, very, very fortunate to stay on the pitch for that horrendous challenge on Joe Gomez midway through the first half. But, you know, aside from that, I thought he was absolutely top, top draw. And he, you know, Liverpool struggled really to, to kind of to lay a glove on him, you know, he was he was the outstanding midfielder on display, and you know Henderson, Wijnaldum and Milner, I, I thought, struggled on the night, and you know the, obviously the other change he made was a, a right back, and I thought that was probably the wise thing to do as well. Klopp said beforehand that he felt you know Joe Gomez was more of a defender, and it was a night when he knew Liverpool would be under the at times, especially with Neymar flying down that that flank. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't feel as if he picked the wrong team. I just think that. The players just didn't didn't deliver for him um, in that opening half hour when the when the damage was
1: done. Do you feel as though a couple of the midfielders may not be fully 100. percent I'm thinking of Henderson simply because obviously he's been out for a while and he didn't quite look at it. And that's not for the, no, he didn't. You know, it's not the first time that's happened this season. But also because Milner and Wijnaldum have played that many games, he didn't quite seem to have the same energy as maybe they would have done earlier in the season. And then that brings us back to the whole Cater Fabinho. Okay, cater has been injured, but if they'd have been playing more games earlier this season, then perhaps these players wouldn't be quite as, as knackered.
2: Yeah, I I think that probably is an issue. I think Henderson has looked, has looked rusty, hasn't he? He he wasn't great at Watford. um, And then he, you know, I thought he he did, he did struggle uh, against PSG. And, you know, Wijnaldum, who'd had a brilliant season until probably a few weeks back, um, Mm -hmm. just seem just seems to, his standards have, have slipped a bit. And, and even you know, Milner hasn't played a huge amount of football recently, and then you know to be thrown into a game of of that magnitude so yeah i th- I just think you know I don't think Klopp really knows what is what his best midfield is that's the that's that's the issue you know he's gone for a, a big game like that he's gone back to the tried and trusted combination if you like in terms of when Liverpool go away to tough places um but I think it also shows that you know Fabino and cater are still. Trying to earn his trust in a way, um, because you know neither of them have, have really kind of come in and set the place alight. They're still trying to prove to Klopp that they that they should command a a regular starting starting place. And you know the other the other disappointment for me last night was when you know when Klopp did ring the changes in the second half. I didn't think it really improved Liverpool at all. Really, you know, for all the for all the kind of promise. And, and it was a bit of a revival, you know. They, they created very, very little, you know. And when you think, you know, probably the most damning stat on the night was that Buffon, you know, only only had one shot to face on target, and that was the penalty that flew past him.
1: I mean, Joe, Liverpool have spent 105 million in the summer on three midfielders. Obviously, an area of the pitch that Jurgen Klopp wants to overhaul. And yet, last night, all three of them, not for the first time this season, are on the bench. And we're not talking like it's August, September. It's going to be it's December in a few days, so we're well into the season. I think Liverpool have played nearly 20 games now. Is this a concern now, the fact that these... OK, less so Shaqiri because we know what he can do, but you're looking at the other two and you're thinking they're not quite there yet, and it's
0: taken a while, hasn't it? 100%, yeah. I think it is a concern. and I think, as James just said, it says a lot that Klopp went to the tried and trusted midfield that he knows to, to go and do a job in a big game, and albeit they struggled, but... For me, Keita and, and Fabinho have got to do more. You know, Keita came on last night and again, really flattered to deceive. He, he, he just he didn't get on the ball enough. He doesn't create things. He doesn't particularly look confident. And know, if, It's, it's a bit of a chicken about, and egg situation, yeah. isn't it?
1: I was going to say about Fabinho, if there's one fixture this entire season that he perhaps was ready-made for him was playing the French champions, a team he's faced loads of times at Monaco, away from home, where his skill set would surely have been
0: perfect for this game. You would think so, but then... See, I think that that midfield trio that started last night is the right trio in in the sense that Klopp, Klopp clearly thought, look, we're going to be under the cosh. They're going to come out quickly. They're going to they're going to put a lot of pressure on us. And we want three lads who are going to work hard. Who are going to put tackles in. Who are going to cover ground. And Fabinho has looked off the pace, hasn't he? That that the one thing that he really struggles with is it seems to be covering the ground as quickly as the other midfielders. So. I, I understand why Klopp picked that midfield, and I understand. I think it made sense, but in reality, it didn't. It didn't do that, and they actually struggled at the things that I actually thought they'd be quite good at. Um, I see the point you're making about Fabinho, but I don't. I don't agree because the way they move the ball so quickly, and he just seems a little bit slower at the moment. And I don't know whether it's just going to be some time for him to get up to speed, or whether there's something is ma- majorly is wrong with him. But um, it's a worry. I think it's a big worry. The one that worries me more is Keita, because he's somebody that we were all very excited about in pre-season. He, he looked good, but he really needs to be doing more. You know, He's got no right to just walk into this team, and if he wants to be in the team, he's got to be impressing. And I don't get the feeling he's going to be doing that in training, because he's not getting chances, and then when he's coming on in games, he's got to make some sort of impact, and he's just not doing it.
1: Theo Joey's quite clearly concerned about Nabi <laughs> um, <laughs> for his well-being and whatnot. But I mean, what can Klopp do then? Because obviously, it's a bit different. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. That Henderson's out the derby, so he's got to do a, a change at the weekend. But what else can he do? Can can he can he trust? As James said, can he really trust Cater and Fabiño at the moment? Because these games are now coming every other week. Sorry, every, you know, twice two a week. <laughs> it seems. Funny they were coming every other week. <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't think he trusts Fabinho in the four three three formation. I think we last saw him there was it Arsenal away. Yeah, it's probably the worst performance he's had since he's got in the team. Um, Kater, I was surprised when we were doing. You know, who we're going to play against PSG. He's not started since Napoli away. So that's what two months without a start. And so even th- then, even then he went up after yeah, about ten yeah. minutes or something. So obviously something is not right. But if Fabinho doesn't suit the four three three formation. His options are limited because you're going to have to keep going back to the tried and trusted when you want to play that formation. And that's what Klopp's going to revert to when he's playing these tougher, more attacking teams. The teams where you've got to be a bit more uh, defensive, a bit more solid. And if Keita's not going to be showing... Even then, Keita is supposed to be attacking, isn't he? Box-to-box sort of midfielder. And you could say, well, he's not showing, he's not performing. And if he's not offering that attacking flair, it's not a game that you'd put Shaqiri in. So you're not going to put someone who's out of form in either. So... His options are running out. James, this season, when the attack hasn't quite
1: been performing and the and the midfield hasn't quite been gelling properly, at least Liverpool have been able to rely on the defence. You know, only five goals conceded in the Premier League this season. That's a that's a club record this far into a, into a campaign. But in Europe, it just seems as though certain players just seem to just be completely different. I'm thinking of Van Dijk away from home. The three games that they played, uh, Napoli, Red Star, and this one, he just seems to be, if not quite a diff, different player, but everything that he does so composed and so well normally in the Premier League, certainly in away games, in these games he just seems to you know, his headings all over the place, he doesn't seem to be reading the game properly and it was his fault primarily for the first goal, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was yeah, I mean I saw saw, bizarrely Lovering getting a bit of stick for not reacting quick enough to the loose ball but there's no doubt if if you want to pin that one on anyone it has to be Van Dijk because um, you know, he's intercepted the cross but you know, he, he's put it straight back into such a dangerous area, and and Bernard uh, punished them. Um, yeah, just you know, I, again, you kind of go back to what we said earlier about Liverpool don't face that kind of firepower week in week out, do they? In the I mean, nothing, nothing close to it. But you know, you you, you still expect them as a as a defensive unit to to, to be more solid and and, and organised than they were. Last night, because um, and it, you know, as you said, it's not just been a one-off in, in Europe. They have looked vulnerable defensively. You know, in the in the three games, you think of the, the manner and the, the goals they conceded in in Belgrade as well. Um, yeah, it's just it's just been a really strange contrast because obviously domestically, we've been talking about how it's been a more pragmatic Liverpool that's been able to grind out results and has looked so rock solid and has done enough to win games, but yeah, on their on their travels in Europe for, you know, I, I don't know whether maybe the, the, the atmospheres they've been playing in have contributed to it because you know I think I, I don't think there could be too many Champions League campaigns where you play in probably three tougher places than Liverpool have had in this group because you know everyone knows obviously Naples is you know they that one they're an absolutely top draw team and their fans are absolutely fanatical then you add... you know the the absolute cauldron in Belgrade. And then, you know, last night, the atmosphere wasn't quite on of Belgrade proportions, but, you know, you had the, the, the quality of, of PSG. So, yeah, the, you know, when you when you, when you you mix all of that together, you know, the, the outcome has been, you know, three really, really disappointing away performances in Europe. And obviously, an unwanted slice of history for Klopp with, you know, the first time Liverpool have ever lost all, all three uh, away games in a group.
1: Does that prevent players from heading the ball in the right direction, though, the atmosphere? Or is that just an example of it's getting into the minds now, where it's things that would normally be straightforward that just tend to be, you know, they're making a bit of a hash of it?
2: I, I just think it's a general kind of lack of composure. And, you know, I think in all three games, they've looked rattled where, where domestically, you know, Van Dyke for an example, you know, it almost like strolls through most Premier League games, you know, you know, his feathers are never ruffled. Yet, you know, as a as a unit and as individuals in Europe, Liverpool just have, haven't just haven't clicked and have, have found themselves under a lot more pressure than they've been under in, in Premier League games, and and haven't been able to deal with it.
1: I mean, Joe, that's five defeats in Liverpool's last seven Champions League games away from Anfield, including Roma in the semi final and and obviously Kiev. They have been shedding a lot of goals, haven't they?
0: They have, yeah, um, yeah. To be honest. It- until you've put it like that about the defenders away from home, i would not really thought about it. But it is true. I think Van Dyke was somewhat erratic. You know, yeah. I see what you mean about his headers. Sometimes he's he been like putting that. things out he, for corners he, he like that, that, that he put could could out for throw-ins. is like that. Yeah, i have never seen
1: him like that at any other game.
0: I mean, I, I actually think the first goal last night. I under, He was. He was actually running backwards. Yeah. So he's a bit on his heels. So he gets something on it. And I think Lovren and Gomez should be criticised in that because I don't think either of them reacted, and I think both of them left it to each other, which you don't. You want defenders to be decisive and go and attack things, so I, th- I can understand why all three would, would be criticised. But I don't know. Klopp's changed things a lot this season in, in defence. You know, I, last night again, I'd have been tempted to go with Gomez and Van Dyke. I think that has been the outstanding partnership this season. I think it's a pacey partnership when you're facing players like Mbappe and, and Neymar. And I, I don't know. I know they don't. He probably doesn't see Trent as the more defensive option when you play him at right back but I just think the defence operates better with Trent at right back Robertson at left back and and then that that partnership of Gomez and Van Dijk in the middle and I think he should have gone for that Uh, it's easy again to say in hindsight isn't it but they do seem to be conceding a lot of goals but I don't think it helps when we're seeing different defences being put out for different games you know I'd like him to settle down now and to me that's the partnership to go with but
1: Theo, is this more an issue then going back to the midfield? Is it the midfield isn't offering the defence the protection or just because the midfield isn't perhaps offering as much protection as as James mentioned and as Joes mentioned, it doesn't mean that they can't head the ball straight
3: and stop it from going up for corners rather than throw-ins? That's just something that's not right in these away games at the moment. Um, it's not just the defence, it's not just the midfield, it's their team as a collective. I think it's interesting that Joe's mentioned there the changes in defence because I think if we look at the three away games, we've had a different centre-back partnership in each of them. I think it was Gomez with Van Dijk at Napoli. Joel came in for Red Star and then it was Lovren awesome. last night. Um, it's a shame we don't have two Joe Gomez's because that pace last night would have made a big difference. I think we saw Lovren getting caught out quite a lot when he's going tight to his man and PSG have just gone in behind him, whether it's Neymar or Mbappe. And you could say that, yeah, the midfield aren't offering that protection, but Henderson was sprinting back probably quicker than Lovren to get back in those situations. We've said Fabinho doesn't have those legs at the moment to get back and cover that ground. Um, You're not going to solve that problem by taking a man out of that midfield and making it a 4-2-3-1. It's just you need those players to get up to speed quickly, get up to fitness and get used to this system, know where they're supposed to be on the pitch and do the job.
1: I mean James Jurgen Klopp after the game, he wasn't a very happy chappy, not just in terms of the actual results, but he um he had picked up on what I think everybody else had picked up who was watching the game, uh, which was some uh, interesting antics from the likes of Neymar and Company. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I think it would be an understatement to say he wasn't very happy after the game. Yeah, he uh, Have you seen yeah, him have you I seen him he...
1: quite so fuming at something that wasn't his team, if you see what I mean? Like it wasn't uh, it-
2: no- but i think i think part of it was his team i think it was just i think it it was i think everything had annoyed him about the entire night i think i think liverpool didn't carry out the game plan that he had that he'd clearly set out by just how poorly they started the game and then i think then he knew that when when that game was there to be rescued in that second half and to be fair his team had been much improved that he was very very frustrated that they couldn't build up that momentum because there were just so many stoppages in the, in the contest. And yeah, I mean, ne- Neymar was an absolute disgrace. And you know, the, the sad thing for me is he's such an unbelievably talented player and you just, you know, I can only think he's surrounded by absolute sycophants who just tell him how marvelous <laughs> he is because to like like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <gonna> say
3: that.
2: <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand why someone just don't get hold of him and go, look, no, you you could be like almost like loved worldwide and regarded as like one of the top two or three players in in, in global football and be a, a legend for years and years to come. Yet, apart from you know, the fans of the club you play for, everyone's going to think you're an absolute Curble. idiot because, <laughs> because of because of everything that goes with it. I mean, it it was ridiculous. Having said he- having
1: said that, James, what he did did exactly what it was supposed to do didn't it it wound up Liverpool it broke the play up as you said and it's that kind of thing that it's almost like you could you could argue in some ways that he's not that bothered about what people think about him as long as the team wins
0: but then there's a limit isn't it it's not like PSG have swept I mean and it wasn't the team either was
1: that there was a few of them that was doing it when Maria when he went off the pitch then rolled back on then went off and came back on again
3: was are silver as well? We were like headbutted yeah. the floor, yeah. <laughs> so they were, they were all at it.
1: James, the-
0: James, right again. There, I, I maybe I'm a sycophant with James because he's <laughs> spot on because he is Neymar. Neymar is an idiot, is Thanks, thanks James. I was, oh no, but Neymar is an idiot. Did you see him before? You're always the saying game, that because he's not he? You would never his, say that to his face, never, no. <laughs> um, dancing around that yellow tracksuit, and it, you just see him during the game. He's just an absolute, even when he flicked the ball over his head trying to showboat later on. He's just an absolute but he's a, clown. But you could argue and that
1: he's earned the right to do that because he scored. The team are winning. He's clearly driven everybody to distraction. He's got the opposing managers absolutely fuming on the on the other. No, they, on that sort of thing
0: never washes with me, and that's why I'll always personally always like the likes of like Messi better than the Ronaldo because he's it, just not a showboater like that. There's not. Uh, he's an idiot. He's an but absolute P- but idiot. But PSG, not, PSG did what they had to do to they, win they that game, do, and do should,
1: know, live, should Liverpool. I mean, Maybe not to that extent, but should they show a little bit more of that?
0: Exactly, yes. I I do agree with that. And I do think that Liverpool need to learn how to break the game up at times. And as Klopp said, you know, we've been the nicest team for two years and finished top of fair play leagues. And let's face it, you don't win anything for that. So I'd like to see Liverpool at times have that side of their game but to be honest, I thought worse than all the dives and all that. Verratti's challenge was a really, really bad one. Yeah, And the referee absolutely bottled that. The only reason that yellow card came out so quickly was so it could look like he'd made a, a solid decision when in fact he completely bottled it. Because especially in Europe, when you think tackles like that are usually punished. And yeah.
1: it in the was, pre, well, it, in the Premier League, he's, he's gone, yeah, he's, it, he's gone it, straight away. It yeah. was a
0: disgraceful tackle. He was off, off his feet, out of control. He'd watch it back in real time. It looks bad. And look at the way Gomez just gets up. If Gomez perhaps had done a few rolls and screamed in agony, perhaps he'd have gone. Um, like James has just gone. <laughs> yeah. things, no, he's, like, back, he's, he's just, back. He's back, he's, he's back. back. He's back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, that one was a really bad one and, and the penalty was just a bit of a farce, wasn't it? Because it was the most obvious penalty I think I've ever seen.
1: Well, I've had somebody on Twitter say to me that, that Mane dived. I mean, what was your take on that, Theo? And was the referee poor and is, as Joe Rimmer might say, Neymar a bit of a bell?
3: Is that James gone again? Yes, he's <laughs> no, still there, still there. Um, It was a definite penalty. I think we could all see that. Uh, it's a stupid challenge from Di Maria sliding in. Um, Mane's gone to ground. He knows the challenges come in, but he, he can't make that challenge in the box. Um, I thought all the negatives were saying about these uh, <laughs> PSG antics. I think you can take a positive from some of them as well because we saw the way uh, Silva and Marquinhos were celebrating at the end. So whenever they were blocking something or shielding Salah when he was uh, the ball out of play when Salah was running down on the left what's going on here
0: we just, we just lost touch with James and I was trying to very so, we got him back on the go back line. i no, he's, he's back. back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll let
3: you go in a minute, James. Don't worry. Go on, Theo. Theo. So, yeah, all the saying. negatives we've had about the antics, about the dives and everything, there are some positives to take from that as well because it shows how much PSG feared and respected Liverpool. The way they're celebrating those moments at the end oh, of the yeah, game because they know how important it was for them to get those three points. And it's not because if they don't, out the competition it's because even when Liverpool are not at their best, they're one of the best teams in Europe.
1: Right, James. One final thing then before you go: um, there's a small game happening on Sunday, which is the Merseyside Derby. I mean, we looking ahead to that. Is this going to impact on Liverpool, or is it going to, you know, redouble their efforts? Because again, Klopp said something after the game, didn't he? Saying it was it'll be a completely different test.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't think it'll have any negative connotations for Liverpool going into. Sunday I think the certainly not the outcome I suppose the only thing you worry about is just the fatigue side of things both mental and physical just because Everton have had the the luxury of a full week but I, I think I think Klopp will freshen things up anyway I think you know I'm sure we'll see him go back to the 4231 um I think Trent will come back in at right back I think he'll probably go back to the Gomez Van Dijk center back axis um and you know, I think I think Shaqiri's absolutely nailed on to to start as well. And then the intriguing thing for me about what he does in terms of those the, the two centre midfielders, because um, obviously Henderson's banned, and you know, does does he put his, is he going to put his faith in in Fabinho and or Kaita, um, or does he does he does he still stick with the you know like a, he could go with Ronaldo and Milner, couldn't he? I think. I wonder whether we might see one of the new boys start on Sunday, and then you just think that is a massive opportunity for them to to prove that they they deserve to to be in this team and can command a, a regular starting spot because it it you know it is a I, I know people will argue whether the Derby is as important as it as it used to be just because you know it, it's it's not it's it's not what it was is it back in the heyday of the 80s it's not the two best teams in the country going head-to-head but um, you know it's it's still it's still a massive fixture Um, and and, you know I think this obviously there's the psychological edge that, that Liverpool benefit from the fact that it's been 19 years since Everton won across Stanley Park but this is a different Everton this time around and you know I think Klopp was right when he said after the game last night that this Everton team is a different cup of tea was his Description um, because you know Marcus Silva has made an impact there. The you know there's there's a there's going to be a lot of new. I think there could be five or six new new uh, Everton ins playing in their first derby, and so you know they're not going to be kind of harmed or scarred by by previous failures at Anfield. So um, yeah, it's going to be an intriguing game, but I think I think it's a good one for Liverpool because I think you know the I, I think you know on the back of midweek, if Liverpool were playing, I don't know. Southampton or Palace at Anfield I think it would be a very kind of flat atmosphere I think the fact it's Everton means that you know everyone will be fired up um, and you know not least the players because I think they'll 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 be determined to try and uh, get things back on track after that disappointment in Paris. The Blood Red podcast brought to you by Footy Five play today at thepools.com
1: I mean just one final question then before you go Champions League hopes Napoli at home, December the eleventh. What do you think? Can they still do it?
2: Yeah, I think I think Liverpool probably will. I think um, just because they have been so strong at home, I think you know the, all the you know the issues this season in Europe have been away. When you think you know Liverpool have beaten that you know ridiculously expensively assembled PSG side, they they absolutely swatted aside Red Star at Anfield. Um, it's it's going to just be one of those. You know great european nights at anfield where you know the atmosphere will be electric and you just you just, you just want to see liverpool produce you know some some fluent performances going into it i think that to to really like fuel your belief that that they'll they'll get the job done because um you know napoli will you know they they we we you know we saw over in naples uh, a couple of months back you know what a what a talented team they are but you know that will be you know that wasn't a great result for them last night. Liverpool losing because you know, they, they, I'm sure they would have been hoping that Liverpool could have knocked PSG out, and then you know effectively the pressure would have been off for both teams. So um, yeah, I think you know Liverpool have, have got previous on they, for, for doing things the hard way, and but I, I still think Liverpool have got enough to get through just just because Anfield is is such a fortress for them.
1: James Pearce, thank you very much. You, you can go back and enjoy your day now. <laughs> cheers See you soon. bye James bye James Pierce there and now he's gone now going back to the uh, question <laughs> that <I> think, <laughs> the question I asked uh, the last one I asked James about the Champions League and the game on December 11th against Napoli what do you
0: think? I think they can do it I th- I, you were smiling then when James answered that I didn't tell him that but <laughs> because on, it's because he's the world's on, most positive man. Well why wouldn't you be positive if Liverpool not done this before on many an occasion. But Napoli
1: so, are significant. Well I i did a game in uh, 10 11 years ago in Marseille where Liverpool needed to win that game and that was away from home. Yeah they, won and they, now. And they were winning 3-0 after yeah. about 10 minutes or something yeah. stupid like that.
0: And they, they've done it against Roma, they've done it against Olympiacos. So we've seen them we've seen them win games, big games like this before. We've seen them overturn leads um, Villarreal mm. in the Europa League a couple of years back. So look okay, I Of course, they can do it. Anfield is a. We all know what a special place it is to play. And I I don't know. I I, I just. I fancy them. I think they will do it. A lovely cushioned header for Henderson. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine (laughs) that.
3: that. that. Theo, do you concur with uh, my two colleagues? Um, The danger is if Napoli score first because. Well,
1: Olympiacos scored first.
3: Yes, but um, teams. uh, Liverpool aren't swatting teams away with the same flair that they Mm. did last season. We've not seen them. In Europe, go and batter someone, a top opponent like that um, since the Roma game. Um, PSG, 3-2. They threw it away almost. That wouldn't be enough to go through. So if Napoli go first and it's a proper traditional Italian team, you know they're just going to sit back, defend. It could silence the Anfield crowd. It could inspire the Anfield crowd. We don't know it can go either way. Liverpool will have to be at the very top of their game. It is going to be a huge test for them. They probably will... Do it. They've got enough in the locker to do it.
1: Mister Positive again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that they can do it. They will do it.
3: But I've still got that fear, the doubt in the back of my mind that the
1: one, the one thing we they got. got to four, about, they got three or four games before then. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll have to yeah. see how, 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 how they go.
0: Yeah, and there could be injuries. You don't know. But Napoli are a better side than say Olympiacos were, but you know, uh, yeah. If anyone can do it, it's Liverpool, isn't it? And, and we know it's a bit of a cliche. It's become, but we know we know they can and. I, d- I just don't think you bet against it. I well, think you, an- you Ancelotti
1: will. knows nothing about suffering on the end of Liverpool comebacks in no, no, the Champions League, no, does he? He's got no experience it. of that whatsoever. No. He's
3: not got the experience of Anfield on a an European night. He's had a dig at it today, saying uh, Atalanta's a more intimidating place to go. Has he? Has he? Yep. Have told you, that. You, yeah, yes, exactly, they, have yeah. you written that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make they, a note that, of that. That's yeah, the job. Yeah. <laughs> right, anyway. Anyway, the,
1: the next job... The Liverpool, as I mentioned to James before, is the derby. I mean, I know you're not a massive fan of the FA Cup, Joe, and you love the (laughs) League Cup, so I'm going to ask your opinion of the derby. James there was kind of suggesting it's not quite as big a deal as it used to be. I disagree with him on that, because if you live in Liverpool or the Merseyside area, it's the one game you desperately don't want to lose, if we're being honest.
0: That's the key, as a Liverpool fan. If you hang around with Evertonians in any way, shape or form, if you work facing... An ob- obnoxious Evertonian <laughs> on a daily basis. Is it by the um, name of Samuel Carrollman? It might might well be. <laughs> then, then you know how, how important it is, don't you? So you know, I've got good good mates who are Evertonians, and that we'll give each other a bit of stick. I'm sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I for me, the derby is still a more important. Perhaps not in in the, in terms of points, but in terms of for me personally mm. than say United or the games like that because because you deal with it every day and you don't deal with United fans every day, do you? So to me it still means a lot. Um, I just think Liverpool needs to treat this like Everton or any other team. And if they do, I think they'll beat Everton. The best times Liverpool have against Everton or when Everton come confidence. And right now they're full of confidence and you know, you look back at last year when they were under Allardyce and they weren't perhaps as confident and they make life difficult for you. If they come and play a bit of football, then our back Liverpool will be anyone that comes to Anfield and wants to play football with them.
1: Now, Theo, as our listeners can probably pick up, you're not from around here, from no. your accent. So <laughs> how, what does the derby mean to you? How does
3: it, does it differ from what Joe's saying or what I'm saying or what, or what James is saying? Um, I think I've got a stronger feel from it living in the area just for a few months and I'm mm. already dredging the possibility of coming in at 7am on Monday facing Sam if we lose mm. um, I went to my first one as a fan in the FA Cup at the start of the year and the atmosphere was incredible helped that it was a night game and that's going to help set it up I suppose I, reckon, I fancy Van Dijk for a goal in this mm. one <laughs> we, 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 it's,
1: What time is it kick off? Quarter <laughs> past four half yeah, past so it's four. going to be dark isn't it so yeah. it
3: may as well it's going to come across as being a night game anyway yeah. isn't
1: it Joe? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is um, Yeah, no, I, I fancy full Sunday I think You've got to fancy Liverpool when they're at home against a team that has ambitions of playing football. But saying that, I don't think Silva's stupid and I don't think he will come going gung-ho.
1: Is he unbeaten against Liverpool, by the way? Because Hull uh, beat Liverpool 2-0. He was manager Watford for the 3-0, wasn't yeah. he? So they're the two mm-hmm. games, aren't they? So yeah,
0: yeah, So, two, in two games, though. So is it his yeah, first visit to Anfield,
1: then? It will be his first visit to Anfield, correct. So it'll yeah. be a new experience for him as well, as well as, the, yeah. as James said, the five or six players.
0: Yeah, so... It's I mean, going to be an interesting we're, game.
1: We're in agreement that Everton are in a better place now than they were last year, two years ago.
0: Certainly. And they're, they're more confident. They're a better side. They've got better players. They've got players who can hurt. You know, Richarlison an excellent players. Sigurdsson's banging form at the moment. Um, they're finally defending quite well, like some Michael Keane's found his feet. So it, they're going to be a tough ask. You know, but I, I, I just think Liverpool can beat them. I think one of the things they need to sort out is this forward line. One thing we didn't touch on from the game is... Firmino remains a a real worry. Um,
1: He does remain a worry, but the thing about that is that against Watford, when he was then playing in the deeper position, when he got to grips with it in the second half, he was brilliant. Yeah. And so the minute he finally gets into the... The, the groove the you know the, the, for the new position. They swap it around and he's back up top again. And that's the what problem, it looked
3: like against PSG, didn't it? It looked like yeah. he was playing two positions at yeah. once. He wasn't mm. sure whether he was supposed to be pressing, pushing forward or in that deeper role with Salah going central. That's on the exactly manager then, then. isn't
0: it? Exactly, yeah. And, and the amount of times you saw Salah or Mane pick the ball up and you were looking for Firmino to make a little diagonal run and stretch and pull a defender and he and he almost seemed to come and get on top of them and, and come towards the ball. Um, so yeah, he, he's a worry. And the other one, Mane... What's frustrating about watching Mane is that that moment where he wins the penalty, it was almost like he thought, sod this, I want to make something happen. Here. Well, what happened and is he got, got, he got, got angry, angry he? because he got knocked yeah. over. Was it by Dimery? Yeah, who knocked he got him over? Back yeah, up yeah. And, and went on a run. You think, I'd like to see, I isn't I see him that, get a bit angry, get a bit mean, and, that, and run the isn't, and, that and, isn't that and, um, the
1: pro- been the problem all season for Liverpool when they've lost games in Europe and when they've not quite been on the money in, in the Premier League? They don't seem to have that. You know, Klopp said it. He even said it last night. He didn't say that he made you know the stuff made us angry, but angry in a bad way because yeah, he likes plays yeah. his team to be angry in a, in a good way, where they're you know they're up for it. That's what he means basically. Yeah, it's because yeah. his, his command of English suggests that angry is the right word. Perhaps it's not. But there's an example there of Mané. He's got the you know the fire in the belly would be another way of putting yeah. it. But the, there's been too many games where they've it's because the onus has been so much on right. We're Liverpool now. We can control these games. Yeah, they're trying to be too method- methodical about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: The- they aren't mean enough you know you look at the way City are just ruthless aren't they and Liverpool need to reach that level and it might come it's just that I think at this stage I think you're right I think that there's this idea that we're Liverpool we can pass the ball around and move it round. when sometimes you just want them to rely on instinct a bit more don't you and I thought with Mane last night it was just a moment of pure instinct right I'm just gonna have a run at them here and try and make something happen and it and it worked so I'd like to see that Mane and I'd love, love it if it That man, he approaches Everton because we've seen him hurt Everton before. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see him that. And and we need to get Firmino back into the form that we know he's capable of. No, No real worries, but a little concerning the way he's playing at the moment.
1: Here's a question for you then, Theo Are Liverpool guilty of overthinking the game? of overcomplicating it at the moment because Joe's mentioned then about playing off instinct, which is something that certainly the, the front three did last season when they were scoring all of those goals. Obviously there's a game plan behind it all and they'll have gone through the drills and everything, but there's a certain certain kind of let the front three get on with what they want because they know how to interact and they know and everybody knows kind of where they're gonna be. But because the formation's been changing around and this, that and the other, there doesn't seem to quite be that. Should they be then allowed to perhaps perform a bit more on instinct? Or can you actually tell somebody to go play instinctively? Or is that something that comes from what we were just
3: talking about? I suppose the whole f- forward play, they've got to find a new way of playing. Because I remember when the Roma came to Anfield last year, we were saying, oh, they can't defend high. They can't leave that space behind Liverpool. Liverpool destroy them. They played high, Liverpool destroyed them. The teams are looking at that. So they're not giving that space to the front three behind them. So the front three have got to find a different way of breaking through teams. The midfield have to find a different way of supplying them. And that's maybe why they're trying to vary it up a bit with Salah going central, because he's got that pace. He can stretch them. He can always be a threat. And Firmino's going to have to be a bit deeper because he can be a bit more skillful. But we're seeing now it's happening quite a lot. You've got Mane cutting in, you've got Salah cutting in. It's not quite going for him. So they just shoot because they've seen goals fly in from distance last season. But defence, know that's what they're going to try. So they're putting two, three bodies on and they're blocking it. So Liverpool are just throwing away these attacking opportunities out of frustration because they don't have those options. I think our best attacking players this season have arguably come from the fullbacks when you've got Salah or Mane cutting inside, running out of space. Firmino doesn't know where he's got to be. So they've had to look for Robertson. They've had to look for Mm -hmm. Alexander-Arnold. And then they've got him behind the defence. They've got in a low cross and someone's got on the end of it.
1: Well, that's something that actually John Barnes was talking mm. on, I think, being sport yesterday after the game. He was involved in a very heated debate or exchange, I should say, with uh, Rude Hullett. Mm. And uh, he was kind of saying, you know, talking about the game, and he was saying Liverpool, you know, PSG, what did you expect? PSG are a good team, got to accept that, which is what we, we said earlier yeah. in, in yeah. this podcast. But he also did say that, look, Liverpool are buying the players that Jurgen Klopp wants. He clearly knows he can't compete with the very, very top players players in terms of any, he obviously was referring to the likes of Neymar people like that Mm. that cost hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds which Liverpool for all their money just they they can't do that they can't compete with Man City Barcelona uh, Real Madrid those PSG those kind of teams but rather than getting players who are lesser he's he's getting players who fit a system Mm -hmm. and he's got this faith in this system and while it hasn't worked in Europe away from home this season it's working in the Premier League so it's kind
0: of you can't have one or the other True yeah and I think Klopp's always had to do things a little bit differently, whatever club he's at, and um, I truly think that that is the right solution for Liverpool because they, as you said, they can't compete with the the likes of Man City paying fifty million pound for a substitute, albeit Liverpool paid forty million pound for, <laughs> <laughs> for being here. But I think you get my gist, and yeah, I I, I agree. It, it's tough to sort of build on that. I do I do agree. I think it's difficult for Klopp and. I think he he will be. He's a man of his principles, isn't he? He believes his system, and he he'll go with it. But this problem has been uh, this season. There's been some teething problems, but I, th- I do think there's a lot of negativity around you. As I say before, you look at Twitter and stuff like that, and it's like people don't expect you to lose any games anymore. I think the bar has been set that high. You know, no city of
1: the Wall. We mentioned city, this in a podcast last week. Yeah, it's city of the, oh, Monday should say two three
0: the- games a season in all competitions, don't they? And and now Liverpool have lost, what, four games in all competitions this mm. season, League Cup, three in the Champions League, none in the league. You know, it it's crazy that we're this negative. And even after Watford on, on Saturday, they won a game 3-0, and it felt like people weren't really satisfied because City had gone on one 4 nil. And too, too often, I think, we're looking at City and not giving Liverpool enough credit for so far navigating a really good league campaign.
1: Well, tell you what, we'll finish with just finally looking at the derby in terms of the team selection. One thing that perhaps have been overlooked, Theo, from last season is that Liverpool played Everton three times and on none of those occasions did they pick anything like the first-choice team for varying reasons. I mean, the first game was in the December, I think. Solanke started up front, the, the 1-1. Then there was the FA Cup game where Van Dijk was making his debut and the one or two other changes and then obviously the other the 0-0 at, at Goodison was in between two legs of one of the Champions League games and he put, not, I wouldn't say reserve team, but there was an awful lot of changes in it. I mean, so what are you looking at the team for Sunday? Uh, we'll, start, we'll start with the keeper. Keepers, obviously. Going keepers, to be Alison. Alison. So what we're saying about the defence then, because James was suggesting that he thinks it'll go to, um, Gomez back to centre-back and Trent at right-back.
3: I'd agree with that. It's a Merseyside yeah. derby. You want your scouts full-back in there. You want your strongest defence out there. So that'll be them. Um, Shakiri if you're not going to put him back in, this is Everton are probably that borderline team. It's like, do you want that extra bit of flair, that extra attacking ability in there? Um, he's in form and after the performance didn't have that Zaus I suppose against PSG you do want that extra attacking player in and then the big debate is who are your midfield two so are we <laughs> going to
1: say that all of the team is going to be as expected apart from the midfield too? you you're going to go four two three one. I so, think I'm so going I'm going 4 two, three, one as well
0: you're asking me my opinion or what I think it would I'm be... asking you your opinion do you my want... opinion I go four three three. 3 3 you go I'd four go three, three three? Yeah, I go again with what with the, four, same well, well, well. the same team not the same because you can't play the same team um We've got the
1: defense side right, and the keeper, and we both, we all agree that the front three are going to play. Yeah. Front three, whether they're in those positions or not. So, are you saying Shakir playing? Call me crazy.
0: Yeah, but Quite I, crazy. Yeah, I would go. I'd move Wijnaldum to the more defensive of the three. Hmm. I'd play Milner, and just because I'm still need to scratch this itch <laughs> and see whether he's any good. I need. I want. I want to see Kater play. So I'd play four three three. I think Liverpool flow better. I think. If Everton come and come and get at Liverpool, that's the formation to, to attack them and hurt them. And I just there's something about four two three one that hasn't convinced me this season. And I don't know, maybe I'm I'm still looking at last season and thinking about the four three three the way it was. But yeah, that's why I go the way I think he'd go. I think Shakira will come in. Well, well Theo, what you think?
1: Four two three one. Who's going to be the two? Who do you think is going to be the two?
3: Um, this is a tough one because I don't like Milner in a midfield two, <laughs> but. This is the sort of game, especially with Henderson suspended, that you'd want to play him. Hmm. Um, if you're going for the midfield two, Liverpool have look best when it's been Van and Fabinho. We haven't seen Cater really in that deeper midfield position yet. So for a two, it would probably be them if it was a four-three three. I'd agree with Joe's choice of midfield three. I thought that's quite a good balance.
1: What if he, if Klopp throws that curve ball and basically picks all of his new midfielders? So he puts Shaqiri, Fabinho and Cater in midfield, whether that's in a three or the two. He absolutely won't.
3: He won't. That's got won't the side. will will derby red card written all over <laughs> it. I just just don't, don't think he will
0: do that. He just won't go that. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see who he does pick because, especially out of Cather and Fabinho, because I think, for example, I don't if I think he doesn't pick Fabinho, especially if he plays a 4-2-3-1, then alarm bells. For I, me think for, will yeah, I think. I think yeah. yeah, I think. I think Fabinho's playing. Yeah, I think he has playing. to play. Yeah. If if Klopp rates him in any way, he has to play because with Henderson being in uh, being suspended. Um you know, he's he's the natural man that you, you bring in, wouldn't you? Um I don't quite think that Cater fits in a four two three one, so that's why I don't think he would play. But um So if it was yeah. a four
1: two three one, would you pick Fabinho and Wine
0: Yes. Yeah I would.
1: We all on agreement yep. on that? Yeah. And final thing then, scoreline I'm gonna go with one all. There you go. I've put it out there. <sighs> You're
0: a negative nanny, aren't you? Um, I'm a
1: negative. one all is a, a good result against an up and coming Evan. Two one. To Two, Liverpool. To Liverpool. 1-0 mm. nil Liverpool. nil. 1-0. 1-0, yeah. nil. Nil. cool. Uh, yeah. So how many red cards? I'm going to go with <laughs> one for Everton.
3: One yeah,
0: each. I think, that, I think that, there'll be one. There hasn't been one for oh. a while, has
1: there?
3: Liverpool's yeah. last was Kiriakos under Rafa. Is that long Is ago? Yeah. yeah.
0: I think there will be one, but I don't know which side it's going to be. I think whoever's chasing the game... Hmm. Could certainly. So, uh, so you're
1: saying it's going to be more of a tactical sending off, like, mm, rather than a bad foul yeah, sending off?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. Maybe a couple of yellows through um, repeated fouls. But, but now it's going to headbutt think, Van Dyke. Yeah, I don't, but I don't <laughs> think those he has to days. Jump up. <laughs> those days, the Gerard Smith sort of mad, you know, like. Jeff as best of those sort of days are gone, aren't they? You don't don't see that sort of thing in derbies anymore. Are you advocating yeah. that
1: they should return? So you, you would no, quite, no, no, no You'd be, you'd well, be quite be happy good. to see Alison taking so on uh, taking on Tosin.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I used to love that the sort of puffed off chest, like fake. The last time they did it was was it nil nil, um, a few years back, in 2015, 16, and I remember it was almost like a fake sort of brawl where no, like one, no one threw a punch yeah yeah, but you don't see the, the proper handbags that you used to see the
3: Cater had the reputation for it didn't oh, he in awesome. the Bundesliga
0: well he could come on he could come on and, and start putting but in a let's few let's not encourage him to do reduces. that you know, I, I just want him to play some decent football I'd be really keen to see him do that first before he reduces anyone
1: and on that disciplinary bombshell we shall finish uh, join us next week where we will look back at the derby and we will look ahead to Liverpool's trip to Burnley cheerio
3: listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool
1: Echo.